are back. Hello, everybody. This is the Grunge Bible Podcast. My name is Ethan Shalloway. I'm joined by Chris Salona. This is episode 126, I believe. 126. Right, You're right. Oh, yeah. And uh, it feels good to be back in the seat. It took a little bit, um, but we are back and U.S. Soil recording one um, in Alabama. And uh, Chris, you are in Rhode Island still. Absolutely. It's good to have you back on the continent. Yeah, it feels good. Um, feels like uh, I'm, I'm really excited to be sitting here having this uh, podcast with you. Sometimes, you know, it's Friday. It's usually it's a Friday beers episode, which is kind of like what we have today. I know we're both both have a beer. It's Friday night that we're recording a little later than normal um, when we're on our schedule, I guess. So uh, it just feels like, I feel like we're back, Chris. Yeah, we're back. I mean, that that's the thing, um, uh, Ethan, for you, I can only imagine what it must feel like to, to sit behind the SM7 once again <laughs> after a long time away from the game. Uh, you know, we missed these microphones. Yeah, the AirPod, I think, or the Zoom audio was put into use the last two weeks, sadly. Yeah. Uh, so it does feel good to be back in the st- in the studio, as you say. <laughs> oh, my, yeah. can- my candle, my candle's going. I have all the proper, you know, people watching the, over the, the proper the old jam. accoutrement or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I'm back in my zone. I'm comfortable. Nice. How are you doing, dude? I'm great. Uh, it's been a good week. Um, this podcast almost, almost, almost slipped away from us we we kind of were running out of time uh, yeah this is friday august 18th this comes out on august 21st i believe on on monday so uh you know it we've we hammered the friday zone for a long time the last like couple of months so it's good to return to a tradition that we that we started oh yeah absolutely all right so this episode um before we couldn't be possible. That's what I meant to say. This episode could not be possible without the support from our Patreon. We have a lot of people over there that are giving a few dollars each month to run this page. So I don't have the list in front of me, Chris, because I don't usually say this. So. No, you never you never have the list. <laughs> I got the list right here. I'm on the list. Yeah. I'm not on the list actually. Um so that's just <laughs> that's just that's just how it happens. Um and Ethan, I have to say <laughs> The list is growing every week. I thought you were going to say your mom. Uh, you're not on the list, but your mom is on the top. Yeah, well, the my mom is on the list. I have to say for the, um, this is the first time in a while that we can't ring the bell. And I'm a little upset about that. Um, but, you know, there's there's a chains lyric that comes to my mind, you know, in the midst of this is this disappointment. Uh, you know, if we change, well, I love you anyway. Like if you're out there, um, maybe you intended to become a Patreon supporter, but, you know, things got away from you or you got busy or something happened, but that's okay. Like we still love you guys and, and we're waiting for you with open arms uh, when you do decide uh, to support us. But uh, in the meantime, definitely have to shout out our top level supporters on Patreon. They've been, they've been pulling, pulling more than their own weight for a very long time. Uh, and at this time, I would like to thank pile of punk, Sherry Matthews, D boat, Eric R. Berry, go John, Keith white, Corden Stewart, Julie Van Siever, Epona, Brother Nature, Eddie Vedder got me through my second divorce, Faith Bittner, Granny Grunge, Fresh Tendonitis, Alex Long, Captain Hightop, Seattle 4 Fanboy from New Jersey, Chris LSMS, Nikki Six, Kara K, Black Hole Sean, Doug Endy, Millie, Rachel Corning, What the Fuck is Up Denny's, The Blue Owl, Fuck Soup, Jamie Lynn, Laura and Irene, My Mother, Carlene Salona, still a Patreon supporter, uh, Jade Mercado, Alexis Shannon, and Marianne. So thank you to all of those individuals. Uh, 
you know, and as Levon Helm once sang, as Robbie Robertson wrote, put the load on me and that's what they're doing. Hell yes. That list is long though. I mean, all, all things considered, I know we get to ring the bell, but uh, I feel like we're really up there, which is great. Yeah, we've been we've been rolling with this list for a long time, and it's it's good. The more out of breath I can get, uh, you know, with each passing week, that means more and more yes. people are supporting, and and most importantly, more and more people are enjoying what it is that we do around right. here. So let's get into this episode. Yeah, I think we should. Um, so being that this episode is coming out on August the twenty first, um, August is a pretty uh, busy month in terms of calendar dates for. Um, for grunge. Um, and, and we have one actually, uh, the day after this podcast comes out, uh, it marks the birthday of Lane Staley. So Lane Staley was born back in 1967 on August 22nd. So that means that he would be 56 years old today. Um, but he did pass away obviously back in 2002. So, uh, it's been just about 21, 22 years since Lane Staley passed, but, uh, we celebrate his birthday. And, and I think, for me, at least, like when an artist pass away, passes away, um, you know, their birthday is is not so much a commemora- commemoration of their loss, but just you, you got to take this chance to celebrate their life and their accomplishments. And mm-hmm. Lane obviously had many of those uh, that we're all very fond of and very thankful for. Yeah, absolutely. I always uh, today when we were on the job, uh, you sent over some some songs and we were kind of passing around some yeah different sharing different songs to listen to and. Uh, I think that's usually what I do when an anniversary or a birthday comes up. So it was a nice day of uh, out out in the sun listening to some Allison Chains and doing some work, you know. And oh, I think yeah. that was that's kind of where we fell in love with the out the band and uh, and Lane when we were out you know working. So um, yeah, it was a beautiful summer day for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and I totally agree. I remember that back in. 2016, we were both working those manual labor jobs, as I'm sure we've belabored the point endlessly on the podcast, but fuck it, we have to do it again. Uh, that yeah. summer was the the time where you and I really started to get into into grunge, and yeah. specifically Alice in Chains. I remember because you were working with Andy, uh, who came on the podcast when we did the Jerry Cantrell review, uh, the Brighton tour, which uh, as of oh, right yeah. now, I, I don't have any new updates for the Brighton <laughs> tour, um, but, but when something happens, you'll be the first to know, uh, thanks we'll to the Grunge Bubble podcast but yeah andy i remember he was really pushing alice and chains for you and and i remember you, oh, yeah. you'd send songs from facelift over to me and i'd be out in the you know in the heat working in greenhouses what i was doing at the time it would be like 130 degrees in the greenhouse but i had i had yeah. add add lane and, and jerry's voices uh with me so uh you know definitely kind of time stamps that memory for me so speaking of artists that you know when you hear them brings you back to a certain time and place i think there's a band that we need to talk about chris that is pretty integral to the start of Grunge Bible. Uh, we have a lot of stories that go with, you know, Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains, and, and we have these, you know, lead singers and the in the archetypes of the people in the band. Yeah. And um, we had that experience with Canned Heat um, a little bit together, and so it's had a really special connection to us in our heart. And I think it was the Woodstock talk that we had two weeks ago, and then just recently we started throwing, you know, you found something and threw it back up onto. Uh, onto the page and really mm. started something that I think we're really loving right now. Yeah. hundred percent. This Woodstock craze. In, yeah. In the Woodstock right craze really, continues. Really nice. Grunge Bible is still Woodstock Bible, uh, for now. Um, and Ethan, I have to say like the point that you made, um, 
earlier when you were finishing up talking about Lane Staley, I think that parallels a lot of how we feel about these bands. You were like, you know, I haven't listened to them a lot lately, but like once you start again, it all kind of comes back and it just kind of snowballs. And like, you get to this point where like, you can't stop listening to them. So for me, um, you know, I experience all of those things when, when, we, when I, when I listen and when I think about the bands that you just mentioned, uh, like you said, a lot of these bands, like there's no grunge Bible, if there's no canned heat or if the band doesn't exist. Um, and I think for me, a lot of this started, uh, a couple of weeks ago when we got the news that Robbie Robertson passed away. So he was, um, an integral member of the band and, and he was, you know, uh, one of their most prodigious songwriters. Um, so he passed away and that only leaves Garth Hudson left as, you know, original members of the band. And, you know, when, as oftentimes when it happens, when a musician passes away or when an artist or a public figure, when they pass away, um, you know, you always go back to their works and their accomplishments. And in our case with these musicians, you know, you go back to their music and, you know, the band for me, like I hadn't listened to a whole lot of the band. Like they're always there. Like I enjoy them sometimes, you know, when they come on, obviously, because you, you always run into a song like up on Cripple Creek or the weight. Um, but you know, when an artist passes away, like, you know, you really kind of reconnect with it. And I kind of forgot for a bit, uh, and I was reminded when I went back to the music recently, just like how important their music uh, is for me. And, and all of those emotions that we kind of felt at that time, uh, weirdly enough, the band, as time goes on, the band becomes more and more of a significant chunk of that soundtrack yeah. for me. Um, and, and similarly, I think right after that, um, for some reason or, or another, I think, no, that's what it was because we saw posts because we're, this is the anniversary of Woodstock. This is the 54th anniversary. I think like the 16th through the 18th and we're on the 18th right now. So we started kind of looking back at Woodstock a little bit, especially having after done the episode last week. Um, and naturally we end up at canned heat and it's the same thing. Like you start going back into it and you forgot and, you, and you're reminding yourself really just how significant the music is and, and how good it is too. Yes. Yeah, exactly. How really, really is good it is. Um, when we first got into Canned Heat, it was kind of like all of the the lore behind these bands. You know, we looked at them and we and we saw them perform, and I think that was kind of like almost like satirical that we started like liking them and getting into them. And then now it's like ten years later, and we're going back, and these memories that were jokes at a little bit are mean so much to us now. Like it's like finally connecting the dots in a way. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that weird thing. I feel like especially when you're young, you, you don't really know the significance of something until time has passed. And I remember like a lot of um, a lot of our friendship was founded on music, but a lot of our musical interactions were kind of rooted in humor. And like we would make fun of certain things yeah. or just point out funny things. And I very vividly remember watching with you um, the the going up the country video uh, of canned yes. heat on YouTube and this was back in the day where like all of the uh, all of the television shows like the late night shows they would have the musicians and the bands they would have them stand there and pretend to play the instruments and they would just play the studio track over yes. top of it um, and this video is absolutely hilarious it's before Alan Wilson had passed away so he was still there to, to, to sing going up the country but um, if you know the song it starts out with a nice little flute uh, a flute riff if you will and um, I remember watching this video and in the studio, 
<laughs> Bob the Bear Height, who was who was on flute duty that day, he was so baked or something that he was playing the flute the wrong way, and like the backing track is playing over top, and like in the middle <laughs> in the middle of one of his flute runs, he flips the flute around so it's actually facing the very the right first way. one, yeah, the very first the very first one, like <laughs> he couldn't even start off correctly, and then like he stuck with it for a while, but like later on in the video, um, the flute is just like by his side while there's a flute part playing and like he just he just stopped caring and i remember i god knows how we discovered that video but i remember being hilarious like you it was the funniest thing yeah (laughs) we watched that over and over again of the of the flute part playing and then bob height in the middle of it switching the flute around so it's actually correct yes and you know we yeah, we joke about it so much, but then like I said, we're we're coming back to them all these years later. Or during that time, we knew that they were like talented musically. But I feel like recently, the mm. music side of this band has is shined through incredibly for yeah. me. And mm. like they're, I mean, they're really you know they're one of the earlier you know first jam bands that led to um, like totally the history a direct of it. The history of it. Yeah, yeah, and it's There's- awesome listening to them. Listen to lay down the beat. Yeah, dude, and the boogie, the oh boogie. That I just they love. They have, they have it. Yeah, I just love like the um the central focus on on the boogie. Like that's not something that people say anymore. Um, but can he? Like, if there was one thing they were about, I mean, how many of their songs had the word boogie in the title? I mean, there's there's yeah. uh there's there's uh <laughs> there's fried hockey boogie, there's boogie sound, there's boogie music. I mean, it's all over the place. Refried um, boogie. Yeah, the refried boogie parts one and two. I mean, they're just all over the. They're boogieing all over the place. Um, but yeah. that's the thing. Like we we were drawn in by the humor of that one singular video and it's like oh um you know this this is kind of comical like 60s music right like it's it's very 60s right um yeah and i remember you know then you start watching other live videos and you see the, the characters like alan wilson he's got the greasy hair over you know down to his eyes almost he's got the glasses he's got acne all over his face um but man like as time goes on and like you start, we started watching more and more videos, like how talented these guys were. And, and the more we read about it, go like through Alan, the, yeah, like there's so oh, many, so go through the band, the, the people in them, oh, they, absolutely. Very, the names are, like you said, you stopped at the blind out, but everybody had a name and they it was all had a, names. A little nickname. Um, and, 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 you know, Alan Wilson, he passed away in Bob 1970, uh, but Alan Wilson, I mean, uh, so many experts and critically acclaimed thinkers and, 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 and music people, they all say, like, he was one of the best blues men that ever existed. Like, I mean, his, his blues mm. guitar, his harmonica and his voice like this man, he was a student of the blues. Um, there was a rumor that he and Bob at one point owned, quote, the largest collection of blues material ever assembled. <laughs> Which is, that is such I don't a know, claim. I don't know how they decided that, but I don't. I wouldn't put it past the Blind Owl. He, you know, he's from Boston, That's an Massachusetts. Claim. But he was a student. Um, you know, he was leading the ma- the band right alongside Bob the Bear Height. Um, you know, yes. so we so we have a Blind Owl and we have a Bear so far. Um, and Bob Height, uh, he was the first vocalist. Um, I heard I heard his 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 lead singing on on Can Heat albums and songs before I heard the Blind Owls. Um, Ethan, there was a movie when we were children. Uh, it was called Invincible. It was a Mark Wahlberg uh, movie with uh, the Eagles player Vince Papali, yeah. like coming off the streets and playing for the Eagles. Um, they included Let's Work Together in that um, 
in the soundtrack for the movie. And I remember at the time that must've come out when I was like 10 or 11. I remember hearing, I was like, holy shit, like this is pretty good. Um, You hear, you hear Alan's guitar and you hear Bob the Bear Heights vocals and how kind of raspy and and brawny of a singer he is. I mean, the man was marked at five, nine, three seventy. And his his voice sounded every bit of that. Um, You know, he was just kind of, uh, I mean, he was the perfect front and the perfect foil to, I think, Alan, because Alan was such like a kind of a reverent um, player of music. And and the Bob is just there to boogie and have a good time. Dude, and he does. I mean, he leads and we were watching, we, you posted the, a few Woodstock clips and the fan coming on the stage. Change is going to come. The fan comes on. Change. He comes on and gets the, gets the cigarette from Bob, but like the way that he works the crowd and is so into yeah, like he he's provides, just there to have a did, good time. Yeah, he, he you create this moment, and these are what these bands were so good during the Woodstock era, and I mean just yeah. like you know bluegrass, and they make you feel and very involved. And I feel like the, those vocals that Bob gives, it's like kind of pulls you, and you kind of want to sing with them. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, like big bear hug. When, and vocals. Whenever the whenever the bear takes uh, lead vocals on a blues song, like you've got the you've got the snarly guitar that Alan's playing. He's playing like a shitty, very heavily used Les Paul gold top, I think. Um, and you know, Bob, you start getting the feet rocking a little bit when the drums come in, and, and, and yep. the drummer Fido De La Para, um, Ethan. I'd I'd love it if you could kind of share some stuff about uh, what you notice about his playing, because I made oh, the yeah. point I made the point earlier this week that you know these bands in the 60s canned heat credence is another one their drummers and their bassists they laid the bottom down to songs so well and it starts with canned yeah. heat it starts with fido behind the kit uh who is the yeah, only fido. remaining member of canned heat he apparently they're still an entity and he's the only one he's still around wow yeah. and yeah i know they're still playing which is crazy um yeah dude he he well he's a lefty who plays like jazz uh mm-hmm. like traditional so his right hand so weird because i'm a righty but his right hand is set sideways or underhand grip basically yeah and uh yeah the way it's like the um the bass drum is so steady but not in like the music that you hear nowadays it's steady and like it has that, like thud behind it that yeah. thud that like and it's like it's like they're hitting the bass drum but it's like almost they're, they're stomping the floor really it's not really mm-hmm. a bass drum it's like it's just like they're stomping yeah. and uh he obviously him him and <clears throat> larry the mole right he's he's their bassist larry the, the mole rhythm. taylor yes like they have um they do an incredible job laying it down in the back and uh yeah his drumming is perfect for it yeah. Simple, and, you know, and, simple, but so, but so much groove. There's so much attitude to it that mm-hmm. that's what happens, and that's what I feel like is just you watch these, you know, the Woodstock clips specifically. It's just old camera, and it just the beat. You feel the music, and you don't get mm-hmm. that from uh, studio, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you gotta and, gotta check out the live. Yeah, you got you gotta watch the live, and and I particularly love the Woodstock set of Canned Heat, uh, and I especially love watching watching the mole work that bass guitar around because he is. He's into it. He's almost into it even more than the bear, which is which is saying something because Bob is, you know, yeah. he's you know he's the headmaster of this whole thing. Um, but I mean, the mole, he's got the bass. He's 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 headbanging to 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 his own music, yeah. to canned heat, um, and he's got that gnarly mustache coming out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, his hair's all over the place. It's you know, it's just it's grizzled. But I mean, he was he was great, and the synergy that he had with with the drummer there is is really impressive watching live. So uh, when it comes but to you know, the yeah, go ahead. I want to say, but you know how the uh, 
the bear you say he almost he almost feels it maybe or you know he's moving just as much as the bear but when yeah. i love when he's not singing he's still jumping around and still yeah, he like is. kind of moving and he's around encouraging like, he's like, like when, you know when I mean? somebody will take a solo yeah. like he's like cheering him on like it's a sporting event which is really yeah. cool i love um, that i love that yeah. when other people are solo solo absolutely they do that so, so what, what I, who I've been introducing is, is Can Heat's classic lineup. So there were two uh, lead guitarists um, who, who were uh, comprised, you know, the first part of the classic lineup and the second. Um, and Woodstock was actually uh, kind of a, a line of demarcation between the two. So prior to Woodstock on their first, uh, first few albums, I believe, uh, we had Harry the Sunflower Vestine um, on guitar. So wow. we had the sunflower just buzzing all over the place, but he actually left the band. Um, apparently what happened was they, they were booked on, on the bill for Woodstock and they were beginning to, uh, um, uh, to rehearse for Woodstock and, and the sunflower just, he's like, we're not going to be ready. Like, this is not good. So he left the band. So, so the sunflowers out. So they they pulled the sunflower yeah. up from uh, up from the 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 garden bed, Birds. right? So they replace him with Harvey the Snake Mandela, and it makes sense, you know, a snake's coming through the garden after the sunflower yeah. comes up. Uh, and and Harvey's first gig for Canned Heat was Woodstock. Was Woodstock? That's was Woodstock. Imagine like imagine cutting your teeth with a new band with a new project at Woodstock. Wow. That makes that that makes watching that just that much. It's more crazy. That's the first time, and and this is the biggest crowd of their lives. You know, that's the biggest crowd of anyone's life. Um, Guys, been jamming all of his life. Incredible. Yeah, love it. And, and just getting out there. I mean, but yeah, like all of these guys, they they just they they complement one another so well. Um, and something that is really astounding to me, and and there were a lot of bands that were doing this, and there's a lot of bands that have the talent to do this. Um, a lot of can heat stuff, especially at that Woodstock set, it's all just 12 bar blues. So the fact that they can take something that is so common and it's one of the most basic things you learn uh, when you're making music, the fact that they can take that and, and make it unique and make it such an attention grabber still and add a different spice and different layers to it. Um, it's equal parts, I think, a testament to their charisma as it is to their technical skill with their instruments and their voices. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I was listening to uh, on the, the on the road performance, and oh, yeah. uh, that one really that one was the one that really I mean that was like ten minute jive that they do, and oh my gosh, oh yeah, really something else. Yeah. Um, on the road again was great. I remember that was another one that like we quickly found, um, and yeah. we would always send back and forth to one another. Oh man, I can't. Can't stress enough, man. The the just watch watching the live performances have really helped. And uh Yeah. Well and and that's something else that I'm just astounded by. Like how high quality a lot of the remaining video footage from Woodstock is. I mean shit, that was that was fifty-four years ago. And some of these videos, they're just I love the way that they're shot. Like there's some of the videos where they were just they just seemingly told the cameraman, like, hey, take your camera and go out on stage and and film them. Um, you know, and then there's 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 others that are obviously they're a little bit more pro shot, multiple camera angles and everything, but um it's all been preserved really well and yeah. How cool is it? Like you could just you pull up your phone and just watch, you know, watch from the stage at Woodstock, watch canned heat. It is really something else. And then like that picture you posted of the cameraman in the face of yeah, Blind Owl. Blind Owl. Being, like, so close. That That's mm -hmm. such a cool photo. And uh, 
yeah, that they had the whereabouts to get on stage and be okay with it, to have some yeah. really great footage for later. Yeah. It makes all this, make these nights of watching old film like so much fun because it's, uh, oh, yeah. you know, good quality. Yeah. Like, and, and I have really to say, put like, you back, really put you back there. Yeah. And, and I'm, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that they were one of the more talented bands of the 60s. And they're certainly yeah. the most overlooked band, I think, from that era. Yeah, 100%. And like I said, when you get into the jams and you start listening, I mean, they really had a feel and they really could all play their instruments. So, I mean, Bob, dude, his harmonica playing is so wild. Good. Wild. Yeah, he, I mean, <laughs> he really is so, like, and he fits, like, he when he comes out, I mean, I took some I took some harp lessons back in the day, Chris, some harmonica. Oh, yeah. I wish, I, and, wish uh, I knew how. And it was like, it was three miles in the back of the woods. Me and my friend went and, like, we literally... It was behind his house. There was a deck, like no railings, just like a square yeah. piece of wood, like over grass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you just like sat down in a circle and like you would start teaching. And he looked just like the bear with grayer hair, like an older version, but yeah, the baggy the pants and like the, the old Crocs or whatever. He's just <laughs> oh, ripping yeah. solos, ripping solos on oh, the harmonica. Yeah. Dude, the yeah. the blues blues style harmonica. I mean, it's it's so so perfect. Um, and something, Ethan, that we were talking about because um, this has been this has been a, a a nightly occurrence this week. You know, we get home from from the day, um, and we've been watching canned heat videos. Um, and we had the discussion like, you know, so we're currently twenty six and twenty eight. Uh, next month we'll be twenty seven and twenty nine. Um, we're at the point now where we watch a lot of these performances, and 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 the people that we're watching, um, at that time of the performance, they're our age or they're younger. And yeah. I was I was shocked to notice and, and to and to come to the understanding that Bob Height at Woodstock was younger uh, than I am today, sitting here in front of you. It's really unbelievable. Dude, he looks Alan so Wilson old too. too. They look. They all look so old. It's unbelievable. Yeah. That's that's what the '60s did to you. And and case in point, I mean, a lot of them. I mean, Bob Height. Bob Height o- overdosed, and Alan Wilson struggled with a lot of different things. And um, you know, that was the that was the era. You know, a lot of it. I mean, just you don't have to look far at all. Even just at Woodstock. I mean, Janice, uh, Jimmy, and so on. You know. Yeah. Yep. It was the. Time and place, territory. It was kind of tough to. It's a tough world to live in. I think, <clears throat> not that it's not hard now, but I think it was probably tough in that scene. Um, yeah, man, they are uh, something else. I'm really excited to uh, get together with you and listen to it in person. And be able oh to, yeah, I, I really, I really want to go to like I. I don't know who's playing stuff like that out there. If you're listening and you have some really good, you know, some oh good my god, backbeat and some festivals. Uh, I, I need to go feel the music like in person, mm-hmm. you know, cause it gets yeah. another whole nother sense. So we need to do, we need to do that together sometime. Oh yeah. That would be unbelievable. Um, go that's what some, you need like sometimes. Some real blues area. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Right. I, the blues. Oh my God. It's so good. And, and that's the cool thing because like all music in my opinion, and I've said this before on the show and I've said this to you before, like all music popular music currently has the blues to thank and it all comes from the blues so it's cool like you see so many people i think like they start kind of going down that path in reverse and and they find their way back um and yeah and, and can heat's one of the perfect bands it's like you listen to them and then you go back and you listen to a lot of the stuff that came before them you know the delta blues stuff of the you know the turn of the century type stuff and you know it all kind of has its roots there but i mean that's the in the same way that canned heat and particularly Alan Wilson was a student of the blues. Like, um, I kind of think about what Petey said, um, uh, on the podcast when we interviewed him, 
um about uh death cab when he was like that was the, that was a band that like i i had a desire to learn everything about them like i kind of feel yeah. that way about canned heat right now 100 <laughs> percent, yeah dude i want to watch more interviews i want to hear like alan speak more and yeah. like hear yeah, hear what well, they're thinking and well, stuff and the other yeah, thing too the, the people forget about alan wilson is he was a devoted ecologist too uh and, and he and he wrote the song poor moon um to to raise awareness in advocacy uh for the moon and and fighting against pollution. fighting fighting against moon pollution um and that song oh my good is chilling i'm gonna listen to that i, I can't wait to listen <laughs> yeah. to that after this yeah i'm gonna that listen gonna i'm gonna really listen good. to that and i'm gonna listen to his solo performance of sloppy drunk um yep that's on, that was on piano he, he was a pianist too he could do everything um but yep that's definitely gonna be my song of the week sloppy yeah these, drunk. The, <laughs> these were principled men ethan they were men yeah who died before their time so if you're listening um i i really strongly <laughs> encourage you to go watch some of the woodstock performances oh, yeah. Yeah. get into the canned heat zone but also listen to some allison chains listen to lane celebrate his yeah. birthday his day and uh and yeah dude good good time good suggestions between the two bands very different at times but uh can both offer you a lot yeah it makes sense and and it was interesting too because when we went into this episode i think we were like um you know, when we get to the, the Woodstocky part of it, like, let's talk about some canned heat and then maybe some credence and the band and whatnot. And we started there, but, uh, man, it did not take long to kind of zero in on canned heat. And do you think, um, do you think Lane knew can who canned heat were? I, yeah, I think so. I think Jerry definitely did. I think Jerry so definitely he probably should, he maybe, maybe showed Lane. Yeah. Hopefully. I hope, I hope so. And yeah, hopefully we're, hope hopefully so. we're, sh- we're showing people about canned heat right now. Yeah absolutely i mean yeah there's some good deep dives there some fun stuff oh yeah ethan i'm not sure if you remember this but um right before we left pittsburgh um you went to a record store or like a comic store or something and you bought a bunch of used cds and you gave me like four of them and can't heat's greatest hits was one of them you know now that you say that i do remember buying I, 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 I remember yeah. that. I, I I did not remember that until you just brought that up. But I yeah. vaguely remember something of like a can like seeing a canned heat thing and, and be like, I need to get this for yeah. Chris. For I some think you, you got me that and like I think you got me a, a Bob Dylan C D and maybe something else. But I very vividly remember the canned heat one because the following couple of summers, like I just I would just have it in my car. And then when I went to college yeah. with my car, like I just had it in my car and I would always I'd put on canned heat and uh Fried hockey boogie was, I think, the the last of their the last song on that on their that CD. Hits. Yeah, their greatest hits, the fried hockey oh boogie. Um, but yeah, man, like I, yeah, you gave That's me awesome. that CD. I still have it. I think it's back at back at my mom's house. So if, if I had known then what I know now, I know that's the thing. I had well, no I was, idea what I was doing, basically. Yeah, no, just like we talked about, you never know the significance until you know. Sometimes you need a little bit of time to pass to learn it. Yeah, and uh, here we are. Uh, in 2023 regaling about something that we had an interaction with nine years ago except now we're doing it in front of potentially thousands of people on a podcast and you know chris i can't wait to do it in 10 more years you know we talk <laughs> oh, about this time fuck <laughs> yes i can't wait man i know sounds it's bad good. but we probably do without the podcast in 10 forward. years though right uh yeah i don't think there's i don't think there's any way right? <laughs> there's a slim chance <laughs> 
It would be like once every three months or something. Yeah. But, we'd have to, yeah, we'd have to do something, but that's, that's so a conversation for another time. <laughs> yeah. So if you're still listening, thank you so much. Please like share and uh, help us gain some traction with the pod. Yeah. I think we're going to have some, some big things coming as we like to say, cause oh, yeah. um, there's a lot coming down. The fall is going to be really exciting. I think that, uh, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty jam packed fall. So yeah, may, can't wait. Big things coming soon. A major announcement yeah. on the way. So if we're doing songs of the week, I think that sloppy drunk is a really fun one. Okay. And, or like a, re- it's just a really good listen for uh, the people that want to maybe dive into some Alan Wilson. I think we, we think it's important. So check yeah. that out. It's fun. Absolutely. And I'm going to counter that up. Um, I think fried hockey boogie is, is a song of yeah. the week. And I love it because, um, in my opinion, I be, if I if I remember correctly, the sunflowers on on that song, not the uh, not the snake. So if you want the snake, you got to go watch Woodstock. But um, what I love about this song, it's like nine or ten minutes long, and it's it's a jam song, and every member of the band gets their chance to jam. And before and before they before they jam, Bob the Bear Height introduces them. He's like from Boston, Massachusetts, and he yeah. gives a little anecdote. And he's yeah. like Alan Wilson, and Alan plays guitar for a while. And then, dude, the mole, the mole jams, Barry the Mole Taylor yeah. jams. Um, so I think awesome. I think it's got to be Everybody the, fr- gets the, turn. the fried hockey boogie. <laughs> dude, that's all. That's how it was like, when we had those lessons. They we did like circles, and it was like, I'm not like, soloing. Right, and, you're and, up. And but the, I was like, I'm not soloing. And the man's like, just do it, brother. He's like, no one cares. He said, that's this is the fun part. You know what I mean? He's like, this yeah. is. Like it doesn't matter if you're good or bad. Just take your solo. Like let's go around the circle and good, good solo. Cool. Good soloing stops when you begin to think. Yeah, you just gotta let exactly. it go. Exactly. That's what this episode was—a solo. And once <laughs> we stop to think, <laughs> once you take a second uh, to think, uh, it's all completely over. It's so. all over. Yeah. All right, guys. We will see you next week, same time, same place, for another episode of the Grunge Bible Podcast. But until then. Stay heavy and rock and roll. And listen to some canned heat. <laughs>